Welcome to the Monday Morning Show. We're your hosts, Ryan Hensley, Grant Cohn. Right away, breaking news, the Niners have new players on their team. First, a quarterback. We're also going to talk about a D-tackle that got signed. But the Niners are inviting a quarterback to their rookie camp, but he's not a rookie. His name is Steven Montez. He's been around. He was, uh, he was born in Oakland, California. Well, bust my buttons. I had no idea. Anyway, he went to Colorado. And he's been on a couple practice squads for the Washington football team. They're the commanders now. And the Detroit Lions. He's six foot four. He runs like a four six. It's interesting. It doesn't mean he's gonna make the team, but if he's a practice squad guy and he has that, he's a bit of a runner. Not yeah. a four super fast, but is he kind of like if you squint really hard, do you see Trey Lance? Really hard. <laughs> oh, that's tough. I don't know if I'd go that far, but he definitely <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's the next Kurt Warner coming out of nowhere from the XFL or whatever. What a Kurt played in the Canadian League. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting, man. He's got some speed to him a little bit. 4-6 is not bad. I think Trey has, what, 4-5-9, they guess, kind of roughly. We don't really know. Some people yeah. think that he runs a 4-9, a and I think they're wrong. I think he probably, maybe coming off of this ankle injury, runs a 4-6. Anyway, the way I look at it is, we're all wondering, who's the quarterback of this team? Is it Sam Darnold? Is it Trey Lance? Well, I'm guessing Trey Lance is going to get most of the first-team reps to start. He's been here for three years. Sam Darnold's still learning the offense. Yeah. So OTA starts in like two weeks. They have a quarterback who's kind of like Trey Lance, working with all the rookies, getting them prepared for what OTAs might be like in two weeks. That's the way I look at it. You have a Trey Lance substitute in there preparing the rooks for playing with Trey Lance. Maybe I'm reading into things. I don't know. I mean, it's, that would be interesting, right? It, here's the other thing. They have another quarterback, too, who's more Brock Purdy-ish, right? The guy from the Bengals. So yes. maybe they're trying to figure out what's what here. And hopefully for the first time, they're actually bringing in a backup. It's <clears> going to be similar to uh, the starter. I don't know how this is going to work out. they got five quarterbacks right now. It's crazy. Well, Brandon Allen, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Brandon Allen's not going to be at the rookie minicamp. And I <clears throat> believe that Steven Montez will be in – <clears throat> excuse me, they needed a quarterback, right? They don't actually yeah. have, they need like a quarterback to get through the day. So it doesn't mean that Steven Montez is going to be here long-term or that they see something in him. Yeah. Although they might, he yeah. could, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tryout. He could blow him away. But I think the reason they picked him over everyone, other quarterback in the world is might be because he shares some traits with the quarterback. Who's going to be taking most of the first string reps in two weeks. Again, maybe yeah. I'm reading into it, but that just seems like it would be it would make sense if Trey Lance is going to be your quarterback to start in in OTAs. Wouldn't you want someone similar to him working with your players, your rookies in rookie mini I would. I think that's smart. I think it'd also be the first time they've done that. <laughs> so I find that interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you look, at what's the point the of working with someone like Brock uh, Brandon Allen? Right. To, right. This week, why? I think so you can catch checkdowns. I think a lot of people need to come to grips with Trey Lance is going to be starting at least OTAs as QB1. Now, if Sam Donald blows everybody away, he might be able to take over. But I think 49ers right now, he's QB1. Well, QB2 to be clear. Brock Purdy's QB1, but he can't play. So I think they have Trey Lance next in line. If you look at all the depth charts online, outside of 49ers, they haven't released their official depth chart. But every other depth chart on every website, ESPN, whatever it is, Trey Lance is listed as the guy that's going to be 
QB one week one, basically. Right. Uh, Vegas has Trey Lance with a better odds of winning the MVP than Brock Purdy right now. Sam Donald's not even on the list. So everyone else out there that they're expecting Trey Lance to be that guy. And if that's why they signed Montez, that that's smart. I feel like if you're a Trey Lance fan or uh, not even a Trey Lance fan, but a 49ers fan who's hoping that this guy will finally be given the shot before they run him out of town. This feels like good news because all off season we've seen Christian McCaffrey and, and George Kittle in particular sort of make it clear who their guy is. And it's Sam Darnold, which is like discouraging. Gotta be for people that want Trey Lance to get a fair shot. Cause it's like, well, okay, well the leaders of the team already have picked, but the ultimate leader of the team is the head coach. And we don't know what he's thinking. He brought in Darnold, but he also I think brought he, in I think Trey. I I think he I brought in Trey. Thinking, okay, I think tell I me. Do. So I've been, I've been saying this for a long time. My, my opinion is the same, that it's now or never with Trey Lance. you got to figure out what you got in him. It's now or never. If you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? And I really feel like Kyle Shanahan wants to find out. doesn't necessarily mean he thinks he's the most amazing quarterback boy or what. I think he just wants to see what he can do with a few games under his belt. And I think that's what the 49ers have been gearing up to all along. Also, Kyle doesn't seem like the kind of guy who wants to like talk a lot and be like, look, everyone's wrong about Trey. I'm going to prove you wrong about Trey. I think Kyle likes to let people talk and be quiet. Okay, Kyle, Trey sucks. Trey sucks. Trey's a bust. Okay. Okay. Keep lowering the bar. Keep lowering the expectations. And then if Trey works out, Kyle looks a genius. Oh, you didn't believe in me. Oh, but I believed in Trey. Not, I don't know that Kyle's even thinking that, but I feel like he's keeping the door open. And the fact that they're bringing in a Trey Lance light for for uh, rookie minicamp means that Kyle may think, "Hey, wait a second, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to bring in Sam Darnold. I'm going to let. I'm going to make this as hard as possible on Trey, but Trey's going to win this. Trey's yeah. Trey's better than people think. What did he say? Trey was going to have a good year last year. Yeah, he said that. I can see Kyle being like, Trey's better than people think. People let let people write him off. Let my own team write him off." Yeah. That way, when he when he exceeds expectations, it's authentic, and, and, and he actually wins over the team. You're speaking a lot of facts right now, Grant. Like, this is what I've been thinking is the whole time. And I posted a video on Twitter the other day about Kyle Shanahan from the press conference after they drafted Trey Lance. And he said, you know, I, I heard a lot of people saying we're going to take Mac Jones. He's like, I'm not going to put in any effort to work against that narrative. I'm just going right. to – if they want to assume that, that's fine. It doesn't it doesn't hurt me and I'm not gonna spend any time working against it. Yeah. Also, I think Kyle, if he's trying to figure out what went wrong here with Trey, he's the quarterback he wanted, but at the same time, he forced Trey onto a team that didn't want him. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like uh, ripped the starting job away from Jimmy, uh, anointed Trey. And I think all that didn't sit, sit well with the team, some of it, and it didn't help Trey. I think what Kyle may have realized is Trey's gonna have to take this team on his own. There's nothing yeah. I can do about that. So Jimmy's gone. Brock's injured. We got Sam Darnold. There's a competition. I, he's got to win. There's nothing I can do. I can't give him this job. The, yeah. the team won't accept it. He's got to win it. But privately, <clears throat> Sam Darnold. Man, it's Sam Darnold. And he doesn't even know the system. And Trey's going to get the first shot. So let's see what he's got. 100%. And it costs more yeah. money. If you go with Sam Darnold, you're spending more money. Yep. If, if the competition is tied... They're going Trey Lance for all the reasons you just listed out. They they right. want to see what he looks like. He does. He's. They don't want to spend extra money playing Sam Darnold. It's now or never. Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan wants to be right. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance is probably closer to Kyle Shanahan than anyone on the team. Like based mm-hmm. on the things I've seen, if I'm reading the tea leaves, right? Like the conversations that they have, 
Um, you know, they, they joked about him being traded. They thought it was funny that people thought he was going to be traded. One more thing. I think it's something we got to talk about. I think Trey, he's not immature. He's just super young. Mm-hmm. And he got drafted at 20, and I think, you know, they traded up for him. I think he thought, man, like, they're invested. I'm the franchise guy here. Like, I can sort of grow into this. Like, no, it's now yeah. or never. Yeah. And last year, they gave him the job, and, you know, there were, like, the, the pictures of him partying. Now, Debo does the same stuff, whatever. But you're, you know, you're supposed to be the quarterback. You're taking someone's job. You made, you made it rain. Like, all that stuff was a bad look. And now you're competing for a job. And I'm thinking he's probably not out partying and not doing that stuff because his career is on the line. He has, he, he's about to turn, tw- did he turn 23? He just turned 23. Career's on the line right now. I yeah. think he's probably much more focused than he was last offseason. And then all that is good for him. Yeah, it is good for him. I, you know, I think that's part of the assertiveness that we didn't <clears> see <throat> from Trey Lance. Like that, you know, we saw it from Brock Purdy, but that's right. because you're <clears throat> the last pick in the draft. You got a chip on your shoulder and, and you coming in here like this. Yeah, one Lance. opportunity. You right. got one opportunity. Trey thinks he's got four years. No, no, you don't. Yeah. And Not he also here. came in replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's a little right. awkward to be coming in and be that guy with Jimmy Garoppolo sitting there watching you, you know, two years in a row uh, with George Kittle and all these guys, friends with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's, it's hard to be that guy. But you know what? This year he has to be that guy. He's got to be that assertive guy. It's got to be business for Trey Lance. Fuck friends. Excuse my language. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Irfan Merza says kind of random but I like the debates you were having last night on Twitter versus MJ worshippers you know you're in a weird mood when you go on Twitter and just take on all MJ fans and say Scottie Pippen was better yeah. like <laughs> I think I was in a weird mood yesterday but what's fun is I like to do stuff like that like I feel like I could have been a lawyer but I didn't want to like have people's lives in my hand but I like taking an argument and seeing if I can do it and it was actually an arguable position you could do it. Now, I don't know that I was right, but you actually had a leg to stand on saying that Scottie Pippen was as impactful or more for winning on the Bulls than Jordan, which I think was I think interesting because I didn't really live through that era. I was like four, five, yeah. six, seven, eight. You know what I mean? I had to go back and look through it all. For me, like, when it, I think we're talking but about But we, we're going to get to that. We're we'll going to get to the Scottie Pippen. We're going to get to that. I don't want to get bogged down in basketball yeah. just yet. Right. Ivan says, uh, tweet from Jed. F it. If you have ever thrown a football and own a Niner jersey, show up to practice today. <laughs> okay. I like it. Um, let's move on to more news. The Niners signed a defensive tackle named Marlon Davidson. Here's what you need to know about Marlon Davidson. He's 6'3", 303 pounds. He was a second-round pick, 47th pick in the draft in 2020 by the Falcons. Uh, was with them for three years had uh, one sack, 24 years old. Does he kind of remind you of anyone? 24-year-old D-tackle, drafted pretty high in 2020, hasn't really produced very much. Remind you? Yeah, kind of. So it's like, I I mean, Javon still has a spot on this team, and they're not pushing him off. But now it seems like, hey, dude, like if you have another another one of these off-seasons where you can't practice at all, well, we got another guy who's kind of like you. I mean, you're, you're better. You were, you were, you were first-round pick. You were. But this guy was a second-round pick. And if he's going to practice and you won't, well, you know, he's got pedigree too. So I'm just saying, it's kind of interesting if you look at it that way. Marlon Davidson. One thing I was seeing with the 49ers that I like, I wish they would do it a little bit more in a couple other positions, but it seems like they're more, now that they're so deep, they're more yep. about competition now. Yep. Seems yep. like they're opening that up. I would like to see them do it in other positions where they're not going to receiver. Uh, I would like to see more competition at receiver, like open actual competition at re- wide receiver would be nice as well as I'm going to 
This one's going to piss people off, but fullback. I'm not saying Kyle Juszczyk isn't a great fullback. I think he is, but they're paying him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I would like to – do you – let me ask you this, Grant, and I know we're talking about Marlon Davidson, but we brought the competition, so I apologize. But do you think if a fullback shown in training camp, uh, in preseason, that they he was better – as good or better than Kyle Juszczyk, that they would even consider replacing Kyle Juszczyk? They should because they don't use him that much. They don't use him that much, and he's expensive, and he's getting older. Like, real quick, Tom Rathman, who I would say was a better fullback than Kyle Juszczyk, uh, by the time Tom Rathman was 32, he was a Raider, and by the time he was 33, he was retired. How old is Kyle Juszczyk? He is 32. He turns 33 in two weeks. So, yeah, you got to think about that. Yes. Is he the blocker he was four years ago? No. Here's the thing, though, Grant. I I think he's one of those guys. Yeah, there's nothing like like Debo. I don't yeah. think there's anything Debo can do to lower his stand, like position. There's one thing he could do. What's that? Not go to Cabo. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I think pretty Chubis much. And Debo are locked at where they're at, no matter what, no matter how they look. And you I, know, it's gonna be kind of funny now that we've talked about Cabo so much all year. If like all the players pony up and go because they figured out like hey man they're right like i gotta get my ass to cabo if i want to get paid yeah. man if i want to get the ball if i want to start i better get my ass to cabo i'll be hella funny yeah 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 all, jed pay for it have you watched the session yet no no i can pitch i need it i need to they like told it's a good show but like okay. everyone always kisses that guy's ass i could t- i could see them all going to cabo just kissing kyle's ass yeah, yeah. I, I i haven't even seen the show and it seems like that yeah Rings true. Monsatori says MJ Convo was epic. You were leading it, man. You had so much information because you actually lived through it. Again, I was like four, five, six. But it was so much fun to go back and learn about that stuff. We'll talk about it at the end. Really enjoy. I really like talking basketball from May to June. So much fun. But regular season basketball is so boring to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, super boring. it's a long-ass season. And honestly, it, it seems like a lot of the NBA players think the – so long is boring right and i think what's what's so interesting about basketball is like it's the one sport where in the regular season you just play an opponent once and then you keep it pushing but in the playoffs it's a series there's no other sport like that baseball is always series and football is always one-on-ones but the series aspect of basketball is great how like the the refs adjust and the strategies adjust i love it so much fun and and like the the rules change all of a sudden there's playoff basketball what does that mean oh you can hit harder although not in games one and three Right, can I say I'm glad for one that you are covering the the Warriors. I really enjoy it, and Thanks, I, man. I hope you continue to do it. I, uh, I originally wanted to do it, and then I'm like, I don't want to do it. And now playoffs just start. I'm like, yeah, I want to do it again. So I've been doing I it do really it. well. Yeah, I want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, keep it moving. All right, you start this one because I I you start. Okay. All right. So there there's a list that came out CBS Sports. I apologize. I don't know the guy's name. Um, I forgot okay. it. Uh, listing quarterbacks, ranking all NFL quarterbacks, he had Brock Purdy ranked 12th. So I went through this exercise on my own uh, today. It, it is tough. I'll tell you what. It is tough to rank quarterbacks uh, because it's of, really know, hard. It, it's really hard. How do you but, separate them from their team? It's really hard. So that's what I did. In my head, yeah. I put every single quarterback on the 49ers. Yep. Thank you. That's the way to the best way to do or it. Or you could think about putting them on the most mediocre team in the league. What's the most mediocre team in the league? The Patriots. Right. Imagine them yeah. on the Patriots right. in Mac Jones' position. What are they going to do? Right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I did it. I did it as a you know 49 because I know the Niners better yeah. than anybody, obviously. So I sure 
I did it that way. And, yeah. you know, you want me to give you my top 10? Please do. Top 10. I got one, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Burrow, fair. Josh okay. Allen. Okay. I have Aaron Rodgers at four. I think a okay. lot of people find an issue with that. I honestly think he could be higher if I'm being four-time MVP. I, th- I think one thing with Rodgers, but let me, I'll tell you real quick, is that probably the greatest thrower of a football ever. Mm-hmm. But that's different than a quarterback. Like a quarterback, there's like the leadership element. You know what I mean? And like that's where Brady laps him. And I think that's – when we if he doesn't win another Super Bowl, uh, Rodgers, you would go back to him being like, yeah, incredible passer in every single way. But uh, man, what a – what a personality. He was actually more concerned about individual accolades and team success. I believe that about Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Yeah. I think he was I think the Packers vibe was not for him, man. I think it was originally, but I think the last few years he's not he's not been into it mentally. And I'm I honestly think with the Jets, he's gonna be kind of rejuvenated. And I think you're gonna see a really good year from Aaron Rodgers. So that that's cool. what I have him for. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got Lamar Jackson five, Jalen Hurts six. I got that's Herbert. fair too. That's that's I like that. It's not being a prisoner of the moment. If you put Lamar Jackson on the Eagles, do they get better or worse? You could argue they get better. Yeah, yeah. And then yes. I'm, again, keep in mind all of these rankings are him on the 49ers. All these yeah. guys on the 49ers. That's how I'm looking at it. Like how would how would I do it? But that's a fun way to like try to isolate what a quarterback does. Is just picture him on a team that's not his own. Take yeah. two quarterbacks and picture him on 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 one team. Which one would you rather have? Right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. the fairest way to do it because if you're looking yeah. at like what they did last year, like what team were they on? What, you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. Who so, was their, what was their defense? What was their running back? All that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and so I got a coach. Right. And so I got um, Justin Herbert, seven, Trevor Lawrence, eight. Wow. Uh, Matthew Stafford, nine. I really like Trevor Lawrence, by the way. Yeah, and, me too. And if Matthew Stafford is he- healthy, I think he. I think nine is justified for me. And here's one that pissed the most people off looking at my list. I have Russell Wilson, 10. I think last year was a fluke, and I think he's going to do a lot better this year under under Pate. Yeah. Fair. So that's my top you, 10. There's still, there's still guys you have enlisted, like Kirk Cousins and mm-hmm. Derek Carr and Geno Smith um, that are you know outside the top 10. The, the, the thing about Brock, I don't think you can rank a guy – Top 12 after eight starts. I don't care how many games he won, how many yards, how many touchdowns he threw. It's eight starts and then you got hurt. Like yeah. again, let's let's say let's say Brock wasn't on the Niners right now. Let's say he was on Cardinals yeah. right now. Yeah. Would he be ranked 12th or would people be like, ooh? Uh like oh, Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't really move the needle for the Cardinals, I don't think. Or if you put him on if you took Mac Jones off the Patriots and put Brock Purdy on the Patriots, like would they be better? Maybe a little bit. Although he does have a torn UCL and Mac Jones doesn't. So I don't even know about that. And like where would you rank Mac Jones? And he's done it for two years. I so got Mac I, Jones down where? pretty low. I got Purdy over Jones. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, even that is like a bit of a projection. That's all I'm saying. When you're at eight career starts, it's a projection. And I feel like we should have learned our lesson with Kaepernick. A lot of people got called him like he's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time after like uh, 10 starts or something mm-hmm. because it was impressive. He took over the team. He took him to the Super Bowl. It all seemed unprecedented. But like, yeah, like we've seen the league. The league catches up. The league adjusts. Then you adjust. Then it adjusts. Then you adjust. And the great ones do that like four or five times. Like you have to wait and, and you have to stay healthy the whole time. You have to dodge the bullets and like 
we're so ahead of that. We're, we're so um, far from that with Brock. And like yeah. even a mediocrity like Kirk Cousins has at least stood the test of time. You know exactly how mediocre he is, man. Like he's yeah. not bad. Brock um, might be bad after 30 starts. We don't even freaking know that. Like, so that's why I would just get uh, – I wouldn't – if I were working for CBS, I would feel uncomfortable putting my name on a ranking like that high. Yeah, that could really blow up in your face, and you're then you, you're tied to it the rest of your life. Although God knows, I'm tied to a lot of bad takes. So yeah, and in this list, it, it they could end up being really bad takes. But I have Brock Purdy a lot lower than what I've seen and other people have. I have, I have Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Geno, Jared Goff, Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, and Tua all above Brock Purdy. I have Brock Purdy at twenty right now. I mean, it's all of those people you've mentioned have proven more than Brock Purdy. And it just it's just you have to ask yourself when you're making the list, how important is proof to you? Or are you are you are you so do you have such a keen eye that you can look at eight games and project the future? And I don't think anyone does. And that's why my whole thing with like Trey Lance is like, why are we writing him off? Why are we anointing Brock? They have 12 starts between them. We've seen 55 with Sam Morak like we haven't seen enough. Come on, guys. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, that, that. yeah, and that—that's why I got Brock at twenty. I mean, he could be end up being higher, but eight games is is not a lot to to look from. And again, remember, I'm putting all these guys on the 49ers. and so I'm looking at what they would do on the 49ers. and I think the guys I just mentioned would do at, at least as good, if not way better than than Brock Purdy. The first Let, thirteen to me are easy. It's the it's the fourteen through twenty where I really struggle. Let's say Brock Purdy were a free agent this year just for whatever reason, and the Niners didn't re-sign him. Coming off this injury, who's giving him a multi-year deal to be a starting quarterback? Who's bringing him in to, to replace their veteran, proven starting quarterback right now? I don't see it. And if you're not that, if, if, if you're not in that class, then what are you? Are you even a top 25 quarterback in the league's eyes? If he were just chilling right now, would Minnesota say, oh, we want that guy coming off this injury, see Kirk? Yeah. Or, or or would the Saints have been like, you know what? We don't want to sign Derek Carr. Let's sign Brock. I don't know about that. Right. And I think a lot thing. of the reason he's ranked so high is because of the team he's on. Sorry, go ahead. I agree. I agree. And what he's asked to do, right? It's yeah. You know, I tweeted this out. Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Pretty are asked to make short, quick passes, and they're both really good at it. But yeah. a lot of other teams are not going to – that. that's not what they're going to be asked to do, and they're not going to have mm-hmm. these weapons, this defense, this play caller. It's going to be a lot different. So – and here's yeah. the thing, Grant. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Trey Lance. Essentially, I look at them almost all the same. They're unproven. We don't know what they're going to do. But all four of those quarterbacks could jump up. They have the potential to jump up in way up there. That's right? the scary thing about making this precedent, about making Brock Purdy the 12th best quarterback after eight starts. Like, yeah. damn, what if, what if Bryce Young has a good rookie year? Is he the, the fifth best quarterback in the league? What if CJ Stroud tears it up for one year as a rookie? Is he is he top five already? Like, yeah. I don't know. It seems like you really lowered the bar of what you need to actually prove to be ranked that high. That's half that's a season, two months. It takes have, two months. I have on a good team, the best team. Yeah, two months on the best team. Like, wow, where's the adversity there? I mean, yeah, the adversity was that you were picked late and you're a rookie, but still, you had the best team, and yeah. you did it for two months. And, yeah. and you got hurt. You haven't proven you can play 17 games of football without getting hurt. Like, Geno Smith proved that. And people are looking at him in Seattle being like, yeah, but it's just been one year. Like, yeah! Uh-huh! I want to see if he can do it twice. I want to see if... if I, we don't even know if, know if Brock can do it, like, for one full season. 
And and can we also say that like starting in week, what did he start? Week seven, week eight? What was it? Week I don't know. Who Brock? Yeah, Brock. Nine, ten. Like thirteen. Okay, so week thirteen, whatever it was, that's different from starting in week one. Yeah. You've been there through all of rookie camp, OTAs, training camp, preseason, and twelve weeks, right? Thirteen. It's a little different from starting week one. You know, much different than starting. And, and I could honestly see all those four guys I mentioned, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Trey Lance. I could see all of them jumping Brock Purdy. So to me, Brock Purdy's ceiling, ceiling is 15, in my opinion. I, I really don't see him jumping over 14 guys. I can't see that happening. His his floor, maybe 25th. It just shows you, though, that if, if Brock Purdy's ranked 12th, and these rankings are just basically based on what you've done lately. Yeah. Like it's all based on who had the best, right. that, like, you know, closing stretch to the most recent season. Like that's kind of a, that I think if you step back, that's a silly way to rank quarterbacks. It's important to probably step back and look at the big picture. But if you do that, people will be like, you know, I think most fans are prisoners of the moment too. And they'll think that you're string for consensus. Like to me, I would rather have Josh Allen than Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow beat him in the AFC championship game. So most people would say that Joe Burrow is better than him right now. Well, until Josh Allen beats him next year, and then we'll go back to Josh Allen. Like, I don't know. If they were on the same team, I'm taking Josh Allen. Just stand yeah. them next to each other. One guy's bigger, throws harder, moves better. I mean, I don't know. He has to, he's like his own running back on his team. But it's neither here nor there. We were here to talk about Brock Purdy. Can we talk about Jake Moody? Because I'm nervous. Talk about who? Jake, Jake Moody. Moody. Yeah, let me tell, me, yeah. tell me why you're nervous. All right, so it seems to like – I keep going back and forth on Jake Moody. And when people say, like, this is the move for the Niners, they talk about how much stronger his leg is than Robbie Gold. Like, this dude is going to bomb the ball into the end zone for touchbacks way more than Gold. That's great. And, I mean, he he's hit from 60-plus. Gold can't do that. That's great. But I don't care. I really don't care how strong his, his leg is. Like, that's all a bonus. What you can do from 50 yards out is a, such a total bonus. And plus, he was 2-6. Two, two from 50 plus this this past year so if he has a strong leg great is he accurate that's all i care about on this niners team they don't stall out at the 40 that much they're pretty good on offense they move the ball pretty well they stay ahead of the chains i mean there's a lot of short kicks on this team robbie gold is pretty money inside 45 seems like you got to be money inside 45 on this team otherwise you're going to be missing robbie gold and then robbie gold has literally never missed a kick in the playoffs that's a tough spot to put his replacement in who's a rookie he misses he could have a great season dude he misses one kick in the playoffs all of a sudden you're like i miss robbie gold who was available you chose and so why did you choose this guy one because his leg is stronger or because he's cheaper and he has more of a future that's my that's he's under a lot of pressure and all i do is i remember sebastian janikowski i'm from oakland he was the first round pick. Everyone in the NFL said this guy is legit. He's the best kicker that's come out in a long time. Best kicker in his class. He freaking cannon for a leg, and he did have a cannon for a leg. But he would miss a freaking thirty-seven yard field goal. He'd yeah. miss a forty-two yard field. He wasn't a great kicker. He wasn't super accurate. I'll take Robbie Gold over Sebastian Janikowski any freaking day. So I'd like to. What is Jake Moody here? Is he a strong kicker or is he an accurate kicker? I don't know. We'll see. Nervous. It's gonna be tough. We don't really know about that. And the thing that I about kickers, man, is that I hate how important they are, but they are so important. I hate that you can win or lose a Super Bowl, a championship because of your kicker. I hate that. I really do. That's one thing I don't like about NFL or football in general. A kicker can win or lose you a championship. Uh, your job obviously is to take that out of their hands. But with a rookie, you don't know how they're gonna respond to that pressure, and it is a little scary. 
And I wonder, I, somebody, somebody tweeted it out that Kyle Shanahan might be more aggressive on fourth down now because mm-hmm. of that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that'd be good. Um, but again, like, it's, it's an unreal amount of pressure on Jake Moody. You, you're replacing Robbie Gold. And Robbie Gold, it's not like, Robbie Gold's available right now. Am I wrong about that? He's available right now. Yes. They chose Moody over, it's kind of like, the pressure the Niners put on Trey Lance. Like they chose you over Jimmy Garoppolo. And not that Jimmy's Jimmy's flawed, Robbie's flawed, but proven track record. So be better. Everyone's looking at you. Okay, you're, you're better than him. They chose you over. You'll be better than him right now, immediately. Yeah. Not everyone's built for that right away. That's a lot of freaking pressure. You're a rookie. You're a kicker. Yeah. You're a kicker. It's, I mean, yeah. oh, I and don't care about the pressure the you were round. put under in the Big Ten. Right, yeah. and he's drafted in the third round too, so he has yeah. that additional pressure. It's not like he's, yeah. you know, signed some guy they signed. Um, and the other, it seems like Robbie Gold, you know, I think he costs what four times, three times as much as Moody's going to cost the 49ers. So that had part to do with it. But it seems like Robbie Gold's had one foot out the door for a while now. I know he likes the 49ers, been complimentary about the 49ers, but he I was kind of trying to go back home last time they signed him, wasn't he? And, and it seems like that's you know what else he likes though, money. Yeah, it's true. You can always, I mean, there's always, guys, guys has a price. I always felt like that was kind of a negotiating tactic. Like, I don't want to be here. <sighs> Fine. If you give me $5 million, I'll stay. <laughs> right? Like, I think he kind of had him over a barrel. Like, ugh. It was a, it's a tactic, man. He yeah. wants to be in the Hall of Fame. He wants to kick. He wants to go to the highest bidder, period. And that could have been the Niners, but they're like, you know what? He's getting old. His leg isn't, he can't even kick touchbacks anymore. True, true, true. Okay, Jake Moody better be better then. Because yeah. honestly, those like f- ten touchbacks that you're gonna get extra aren't gonna offset that kick that he misses in the playoffs if it happens. So you better really, really be confident on this one. Yeah, he yeah. made eighty two percent of his kicks last year at Michigan. Robbie Gould made eighty four percent. So I'm just saying a lot of those misses were let were long, but he's if he makes eighty two percent of his kicks this year and Robbie Gould goes somewhere and makes eighty six, Niner fans are gonna be pissed. Pissed. How old is Robbie Gold? 36? Oh, no, he's older than that. He's got to be 40. 40? Yeah, I Let's mean, see. Let's see. 40. He's I think 40. It's some, about to be 41. Yeah, maybe that, I mean, at some point. Maybe it's hell by day. I mean, he's he just a kicker, so I get it. But at some point, your age is going to catch up with you. And so it's they're probably sure. like, this is our opportunity to plan for the future. You know? I just, last thing before I stop whining about special teams, which is definitely a high point of any football show. Uh, yeah. The Niners, like 10 years ago, decided that Andy Lee was done. Like, dude, you're too old. We're done with you. You're too expensive. Let's yeah. just get the best punter in the draft and, and be done with you. That dude is still the best freaking punter. And the Niners are on, like, you know, some guy. No, no, no disrespect to Mitch, but he's not as good as Andy Lee. And it was originally supposed to be Bradley Pinion, who's also not as good as Andy Lee. So. I don't know. Sometimes you just I like yeah. some people can kick till they're forty five. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just saying. Tom Brady played quarterback till that age, right? Yeah, he did. Um, okay. Uh, I don't really have much more to talk about football. Do you? No, man. I think it's prime basketball season right now. Okay, let's talk a little basketball. It's game four tonight. Warriors down two one. They're getting punked a little bit at the free throw line. But I think, and they lost by 30. But I believe like every time they lose, I think they're in the playoffs under Kerr. Anytime they lose by 20 plus, next game, I think they're five and one. Yeah. Champions. They take it personal. Kind of have, they don't have to win this game, but they kind of got to take this game. 
what do you expect and and uh what do you expect what, what adjustments do the Warriors need to make other than Jordan Poole stop playing like the worst player of all time or just don't play <laughs> just don't play him man yeah, just don't looking, play I was looking at Jordan Poole's stats man really really awful stuff honestly he's like one of the worst players on the team like that I think he had the 12th highest th- uh, three-point percentage 14th highest field goal percentage and highest is a weird word when describing 12th and 14th right um, he's also second in turnovers fourth in fouls but fifth in minutes so that yeah. doesn't it doesn't add up he's he's really killing the team and that doesn't even show you how bad of a defender he is on top of all that oh zero defense Zero. Yeah. He, he's worth Steph Curry is a far better defender than Jordan Poole, which is saying something. Not like Steph Curry is a bad. He's he, he's a little underrated as a defender. I'm not saying he's a good defender, but people think Steph Curry's trash. But Jordan Poole is absent as a defender, and that's right, right. Like, like Steph Curry is like physically overmatched in certain matchups, but like Jordan Poole is like the worst defender. Like do, right. not even trying. Yeah, doing uh, awful. A liability. Getting yeah. hunted. Yes. And so, like, you offset that last year in the playoffs. In the playoffs, he shot 39% from three, 90% from the line, 50%. It was like he was that sixth man. Now it's like he can't shoot. He's 28 right now. 28% from three in the playoffs. He's killing him on both sides. Yeah. Turnovers. He's he's leading turnovers. So Jordan Poole is a major problem. He either needs to play better or Kerr. I mean, but the thing is, it's been all season long, right? It's not something that's like new. Like he'll have one or two good games. But if you look at his entire season, he's been really bad. And I don't understand why Steve Kerr is not really reducing his minutes. Like if if you're going to do it, today is the day. It's a must win game for the Warriors. They they really just got to win this. You can't go down 3-1 and expect to win three in a row. Like I don't see that as – this is a must-win game. They have to do it. Uh, I think they do. I think they pull it off today. I agree, and I feel like the adjustments that the Warriors need to make are on defense. They gave 127 points. D'Angelo yeah. Russell scored 21 points. He hit five threes. Can't happen. If D'Angelo Russell, if you're going to let D'Angelo Russell get off, go off, you're going to lose because Jordan Poole won't. Yeah. So I think the adjustment needs to come on defense, and I feel like the the defensive matchups were wrong in game three. They're putting Wiggins is the best perimeter defender the Warriors have. He's yeah. a great perimeter defender. I think he's wasted on LeBron. LeBron's old and slow. I think the only guy who can really shut down D'Angelo Russell on the Warriors is Wiggins. And I think you have to have that matchup. Otherwise, Clay's not quick enough anymore. Hey, well, he's here's not. what I would do. Here's what, what? I would do, Grant. I would. What? Start GP2 and have GP2 on D'Angelo Russell. That's another one. Because you can't put Wiggins on him for like 30, 40. The two of them should be able to shut him down. Yeah, the two you, of them. You, you put Draymond on AD, uh, Wiggins on LeBron, and GP2 on D'Angelo Russell, and you should be good. Like that. That's what the matchup I would do. You could. I just feel like, um, sure, you could, you could close with that in the fourth quarter. You could definitely close with that in the fourth quarter if you want to go small. But I think what you also could do when you want to go a little bit bigger is put Draymond on LeBron, put Wiggins on D'Lo, put Clay on Reeves, put Curry on Vanderbilt, and sort of shut down all those dudes and say, all right, AD, you're going to have to go for 50 tonight. Who's guarding this is not AD? Who we, Who's guarding Looney. AD? Looney. And now it's like, okay. And his feet is so, are so slow for AD. I, I understand. Look, let me, I understand. Look, what I'm saying is, it's, you're going to force Anthony Davis to do it all. No passing. No, no playmaking. Shoot 
30 shots. Go to the line. He doesn't want to work that hard, man. It's not his game. Yeah. Force him to be Charles Barkley. Force him to be that guy. I don't think he wants. I don't think he can do it for four games. I don't think well, he can do it. He wears down. I, he, he was grabbing his rib at the end of the last game. He, yeah. He's poised to score 11 points tonight. He, ta- he load manages during games, every other game. Am I wrong? No, you're right. So there's 12. I think believe, I believe there's 12 players in the NBA that had back-to-back 20-point games. I believe it was 12. Yes. Uh, Anthony Davis is not one of them. So based on the playoffs, he's not going to get over 20 tonight. So if you're if, if you're betting on sports, bet AD under 20 because it, it, based on his track record this season, he's not likely to do it. The thing about Looney, though, he's been one of the best players during this playoff series up until, I mean, against the Kings. He was phenomenal. But Tough matchup for him. He looked really bad yesterday. Or, or well, Saturday. he's been sick. They said he's yeah. sick. So, so I don't know if that's part of it. Yeah, I think it might be part of it, and I'm hoping it's uh, that he recovers because he – that was probably his worst game on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. But what he gives you is six fouls that don't go to Draymond when he's on Anthony Davis. Because you don't you never know with these uh refs and the Lakers if they're gonna get Draymond three fouls in the second quarter and all of a sudden the game is over. So I feel like you kinda wanna save that matchup for the fourth quarter and hopefully Looney can at least make make AD work. To Here's me, he's soft and he's doesn't have great stamina. Here's my take on it. Here's my take on it though, Grant. Like I think Draymond is a better defender of AD than oh no doubt than, than no than doubt and no doubt you have Draymond and Looney on the court at the same time you have three guys that can score on you right like Looney can score down low right that's true three, that's true you don't three. have to guard there's two guys you don't even have to guard on the perimeter it's true. at all it's true and, and it's that, true the defense makes it tougher on everybody else and that's why I think Looney and, and Draymond is Gary Payton really scoring though right now if it's not a putback is he does he have any confidence in the shot. Score more than Dante. I think he's got like eight and a half a game right now. Dante's he, scared of the rim. Yeah, he's like a big man. He he's runs scared the of the rim. Line. He runs the baseline like a center, and you can just Gary Payton plays center for the yeah. Warriors when he's on the field. Yeah. When he's on the court. He's center. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. Gary Payton. I'm with you on that. He needs to play more. Yeah, yeah, and he can he, sh- he can shut down Russell. He can shut down Russell. Draymond yeah. is the most physical defender we have, and he was giving AD problems. Like yes. In the in the game we won, it was because AD was extremely uncomfortable. Draymond was putting making contact yes. with him throughout yes. the whole game, off the ball, on the rebounds. Just and again, on on a down AD night where he's trying to conserve energy, man, here's Draymond. Yeah. Good luck, because yeah. Draymond doesn't do that. Yeah, Draymond will make you work. That's a good point. If there's ever a night to to force the issue with Draymond on AD, when is the the night where he's load managing on the court. Who does that? I'm sorry, man. I yeah. feel like this Lakers team. Can I vent about the Lakers right now? Please. I'm not a Warrior fan. I was when I was a kid, but I'm a professional journalist. I somehow don't like the Lakers. I went to UCLA. The whole Kobe mania, the Kobe fans, they treated him like he was Michael Jordan or whatever. It was annoying. I didn't like it. And uh, now I feel like this is a team. It's the LeBron team that the league is trying to prop up. They were going to miss the playoffs, and all of a sudden they just figured out how to hit more free throws. I call BS. And how how long is this going to go? Where this mediocre team is going to win series because they're shooting hell of free throws, I think at a certain point basketball fans have to like be like, "This is not real." Stop, Grant. The Warriors are a better team. They are a better team yeah. than the Lakers. It, to me, there's no question. If you watch the the quarter and a half before everything fell apart with mental mistakes, and here's the thing: like I, the war, the way they're officiating the Warriors is different. It is, but as a coach, I hate blaming refs. What I do see though from the Warriors. 
is stupid decisions with the turnovers, lack lackadaisical yep. passing, being done with that. Yep. But on defense, they do play dumb-ass defense. When you reach in and you slap down the ball, even if it's all ball, refs yeah. call that a foul every yeah. time because it's just the way it looks. And Jordan Poole does that a lot. Steph Curry does that a lot. Like, they got to play smarter. If they just play smart basketball, they'll win. They're a better team. Right, right. You know what I mean? They can't yeah. do it to themselves. Especially if you know that, like, the NBA might want to extend this series, and the easiest way to extend this series is with foul calls. And the the Lakers shot the most fouls in the league, and you shot the least fouls. So if there is a disparity, they can always justify it and be like, "Well, that's just who you guys are, right?" Mm-hmm. So you know that they have every freaking excuse to call fouls when you're in the lane. So maybe don't try to take that charge. Maybe don't slap down on the on the on the ball like that. I'm with you yeah. because yeah. how many how many of Draymond's foul, uh, five fouls in Game Three were charges? Three. One of them shouldn't have been, but yeah. One of them yeah. shouldn't have been, but it's like, yeah. okay, if they're not going to give you 50-50 calls and you know that tonight, stop trying to get them. <laughs> stop yeah. trying to get them. Just I don't the know. Reaching. The reaching is what bothers me. That's one thing that bothers me about Kerr because I he's a, he's a coach. The turnovers and the fouls yeah. are something that's easily correctable, and it's just all mental, and, it, and he hasn't done it yet, and it, and it bothers me. It, I have a prediction. Poole, taking out Jordan Poole a little bit more would help with that. It would. I have a prediction. I believe the uh, officiating will be way different in this game than it was in game three. I think it's going to be a lot more like game two where both teams shoot a reasonable amount of free throws and there's a lot more contact allowed. The way I look at it was the Warriors were up 40 to 29 in L.A. in the second quarter and they had a lot of momentum. And all of a sudden there were a ton of free throws that slowed down the game and shut down the momentum and changed everything. And I feel like, again, the league it's in their interest for this to go the distance. And that's something that I just don't see happening in game four or later in this series. So I'm not whining about the refs. It's just kind of how the NBA is. They'll do certain things in game one, game three of series that they will not do in games four, five, six, seven. So, I mean, that's just the way I think yeah, I I've mean, the, experienced. The thing the is, the flagrant was kind of bullshit. That was a bad call, but uh, flagrant. Right, call it yeah. a technical or whatever. Yeah, but the two the two technicals were bonehead mistakes. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Was a bunch of fouls. They had that game in their hand. That's what was frustrating when they yeah. were up eleven in second quarter. I'm like, oh, about to blow Here it up. Here we go. Here we go. And yep. then they did it to themselves. As much as the rest were trash, right? Like they, there were some bad calls there. That's true. But nineteen turnovers though. Selves. The way they yeah. shot. But I feel like th- their low shooting can be partially explained by the fact that if the Lakers are constantly shooting free throws and the Warriors are constantly taking the ball out of the hoop, then you can't get any points in transition. They have four points on the fast break. Then your three-point looks aren't going to be as good. So it all kind of goes together. Um, and that's the best way to beat the Warriors is to get to the foul line, slow it down, make them take the ball out, make them play half-court offense. That's what it yeah. was. You know how you improve but, shooting? Don't play, play defense. Don't play Jordan. Don't play Jordan. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, man. I really liked this kid last year, but he is awful. Like the shot selection he takes, he was the 12th worst three point shooter on the team, and he shoots like Steph Curry. Like, you're not yeah. that guy, man. You're and not. Why does Curry let him do it? I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. I think, I think it has something to do with the owner. The owner drafted this guy, him and his son. I mean, like, this is a homegrown guy. They gave him a huge extension last year, and um, they must feel kind of dumb because the you ownership so bet bad. on him. Do you what? think they feel bad about what happened with him and Draymond? Maybe they feel bad? bad that he got socked in the face. But who cares? But all I know is that Jordan Poole was shooting the ball with confidence in game one, and then he missed that ridiculous shot at the end. Pretty much the whole 
casual basketball world made fun of him for two days. And since then, he's been afraid to shoot. I've yeah. never seen Jordan Poole afraid to take a shot. But if he's afraid to take a shot, he needs to sit down. Needs to. Yeah, he needs to sit down. He Period. needs to sit down. I mean, let's talk about it. If they start their, their normal starting lineup, guys off the bench that you trust right now, Moody, Peyton, Jamichael, mm. I'll take those guys over Jordan. Yeah. I, I'd rather see Kaminga. I want Kaminga, Moody. Jamichael's okay. I want to see him play better defense, man. I'm I, A lot of people are being like, someone needs to step up and start shooting better. I'm not worried about the Warriors' offense. They have Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson. Those guys can get as hot as anyone ever. They'll be fine. They got to play defense. 127, no. D'Angelo Russell, 21, no. Absolutely not. Can't win that way. I, I, I'm honestly, I could see, I could see, I would love to see Poole either not play at all <laughs> or only play when Steph Curry takes his 12 minutes and sits. That's it. Those would be the only thing I would like to see. You can't ever have Poole on the court when the other team's in the bonus. How about that? Or end of game, end of games, or quarter. Or you can't have pool on the court when the game is going on. When the game is being played, he can't be out there. He can be in warm ups. He can be on the bench. He can shake hands afterwards. But when they're actually in regulation, can't have him on there. I hate. I hate that I'm feeling it because I really was high on on Jordan Poole last year. But right now, it's just the facts, man. It's just as a as a Warrior fan, you watching D'Angelo Russell. Aren't you like, dude, Jordan? Why can't you just be him? He's not even that good. Something in here, man. Something in here. Yeah, it's probably the Draymond thing, honestly. Probably getting socked in the face. Yeah, in front of your whole team. All the coaches. Yeah, your whole team. I've never gotten socked in my face. I feel like I keep like trying to jinx that, but I'm 35. I think I probably missed it. I know you have. I've been socked in the face a few times. But I feel like I'm like pool. Like let me just say, like pool's kind of a pretty boy. I'm kind of a pretty boy. I mean, look at me. (laughs) I could see him. Yeah really losing face after that you know he's not a tough guy he's the kind of guy who like shoots and like struts and like he's not uh, so now you got basically punked yeah and it's you're not the tough guy you're not gonna that's tough that could be tough that could be tough that could be tough i i I never expected him that might not bring out the best in jordan pool that might bring out the worst in jordan pool actually crushes confidence he got KO'd yeah. in front of the entire team. I never thought and, yeah. that was going to work out well. I thought that was going to be a problem, and it looks like it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not a problem for Draymond. I'm sorry. But it's a problem for Jordan. But it might, be, it might be a problem for Draymond because what I heard, Grant, is that Draymond's out of here this year. Outside of a champ, if they win a championship, maybe that, that gets reconsidered. But what I heard is they're more in on pool than Draymond. Oh, my God. That's what I heard because of this. Hey well, if, hey, well, then that's the end of the dynasty right there. And goodbye. Unless oh my God, defense matters. Jordan Poole doesn't Nas play. Reed. Nas Reed is is a guy I really want for the Warriors next year. So we'll see if that happens. Okay. Yeah. Prediction for tonight: Who wins? Warriors. God, it's a must so. win. I think so too. And then Lakers win Game Five. Warriors win Game Six. And then it's Game Seven. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Probably. Josh Wyatt says, problem with trading all your top picks is you get wrecked for picking a kicker with an early fourth-round pick because fans have nothing to ter- talk about. Late third. Don't do that. I like how the Niners, they're already trying to lower expectations for Jake Moody. Pick. Well, let's think of him as a fourth-round pick. No, we're going to think of him as a third-round pick. No, the, a top 100 pick <laughs> and the replacement for Robbie Gold, who's chilling right over there with no job. That's who he is. A lot of pressure on that kid. No pressure, though. Yeah. No pressure at all. Glass half full guy says, do you guys think this is it for Draymond Green? I'd like to have him back, but not at a crazy contract. I think it is. Unless they win a championship, I think it's it. I think Yikes. that's it. I think, I think over Curry's dead body. Put it that way. 
<laughs> Curry's not going to let it happen. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know about that relationship necessarily. I think they love each other. I think Draymond has added tremendous value to Steph Curry. But like we saw what happened when what happened in the Kings game when Draymond was suspended. How did Curry play? Great. Great. Phenomenal. Yep. Okay. I don't think I, don't, I well, think I think I think Draymond's makes Curry better thing is a little a little overrated. Well, it's not over yet. You know what would help Curry? If Draymond was more of an offensive threat because it would space the floor. There's times where Draymond actually hurts Curry in that way because they don't have to guard him. I disagree. <laughs> He's the best defensive player of his generation. He's a very good defensive He's player. He's the only guy who can defend fives like that and lead a break and pass. He's really good. He's really good. Yeah. And defense is really important. And without him, there's no defense on this team. Clay doesn't have it. Without him, the defense is Wiggins, who, I mean, you don't know what he's going to give you on any given night in terms of effort. To me, I think Draymond's personality, though, is a little bit overbearing for a lot of these players. I think what you will see is a lot of these players on this team could come out of their whatever. Come, come Shell. Out of their shell a little bit more if Draymond wasn't on the team. I think you could actually see that. And I think as long as the Warriors have Steph Curry, they can build around him and they'll always have a chance. As long as Steph Curry is playing the way he's playing right now, you could find pieces, build around him, and they'll always have a chance. All right. Well, if you're replacing Draymond, that's multiple people because now you need the anchor of your defense. He's gone. Also, you need a guy who's going to probably lead your team in assists because Steph Curry, as dangerous as he is on the ball, is just as dangerous off the ball. And if you don't have a point forward on your team, you don't have that element. So it was Iguodala. Then it's Draymond. It's not Wiggins. It's not Clay. It's not Looney. So that's two players you got to find to replace Draymond. It's not Jordan Poole. <laughs> I really feel like what happened is that the, the Warriors gave Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins these Mondo extensions, and both guys kind of disappeared. Now, Wiggins has come back, to his credit. But Poole is still in witness protection program with like $40 million and like yeah. another 120 coming his way. Like, yo, where'd you go, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, it changes yeah. people, man. Like, this is an imposter over here. Yeah, this is in, every, in yeah. every sport, not even in sports and business. You see, you see it all the time, man. People win the lottery and go ape shit, right? It money yep. changes people. It does. He get he spent five hundred thousand dollars on a date with Ice Spice. That's all you need to know. Can I make? Can I give you a controversial take right now? Yeah, I don't understand the Ice Spice thing. Like she's kind of mid to me. I'm sorry, guys, but that's how I don't even really know who Ice Spice is. She's definitely mid range, in my opinion. I don't understand the hype, but. Whatever. Maybe I'm well, just... Well, Jordan Poole's a mid-range shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know who she is, but $500,000? Cameron said he could have taken her out for a slice and a soda, man. That's what Cameron said. <laughs> well, that's what May said, too. Can, can you also explain the free throw disparity? Yeah, it's early in the series. I, I, it's it's going to even out. I don't think that's going to determine... Unless you think games one and two was, was where the Warriors ultimately lost this. Um, but no, the series is going to go on. You can't blame it on games one and two. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's lazy defense, man. Lazy defense. Listening to my guys over at Green, wowza. Wow. <laughs> I mean, look, he doesn't he doesn't rebound like Dennis Rodman, but to me, he's every bit the defender Rodman was. And Rodman was a two-time defensive player of the year. Draymond was a one-time defensive player of the year. Probably should have been two-time. And he's Rodman with the ability to, to lead the break and pass and set up your offense, like, yeah, I'm sorry. If 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 Rodman's a Hall of Famer, Draymond's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'm wrong. 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, know. Mark Meza in the in the in the chat asked if I can do better, and in my opinion, I I already did by far. But that, that that's me. That's my wife, and both Grant wife and my wife are like Laker fans, so we have to deal with. I just learned that. Yeah, I have to be real polite around the house. Also, <laughs> they're winning, so she's kind of smirking. Not that I'm rooting. I'm just rooting against the Lakers. I'm not rooting for the Warriors. I don't care. But I am rooting against the Lakers. It's the Lakers. It's a tradition. I've been doing it since I was a kid. Because when we were kids, a lot of people were in the Bay were, were uh, Laker fans. And I got to say, that stuff was so annoying. You were tweeting about it. I loved it. It's like, okay. And if it wasn't, when I was a kid, there were like Sacramento Kings fans in the Bay. Yeah. Because they were good for a minute. And it's like, so that's the definition of fair weather bandwagon, bandwagon yeah. fans. Yeah. And then I they mean, call like, Warrior fans bandwagon fans. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I I don't care where you're from, you know, whatever. I don't care. I, I understand why people are from other places like the Niners because back then they were good. It's all good. But if you're from the Bay Area and you're a Laker fan, that's just uncomfortable. For Suspect. Yeah. Okay, last thing I want to talk about before we go. Scotty Pippen. I don't know why I took such an interest in Scotty Pippen. I know. Uh, I asked so – I, I put it out a rhetorical question on Twitter – yeah. If you could put together uh, starting five of any players of all time, mm -hmm. what would you put? Who would you put? And Feltbot, who has a, is a great follow on Twitter, and I've been reading him for a long time. He's a he's a Warriors analyst. He put out basically the Warriors three, their trio plus Pippen and Hakeem, and I thought it was such a bold thing to say in public. And I was just maybe think of like Scotty. No one would ever put Scotty Pippen in their starting five. So I was just digging into the his whole. I mean, I watched him play, but I was just digging into his whole history, and his resume is actually really, really good for a guy that's basically known as like the best second option of all time. Like, I think that kind of undersells Scottie Pippen. Not to take anything away from Michael Jordan, which I did for a whole day yesterday on Twitter. Just Pippen on like Pippen be, for Pippen's sake. You could argue he's the best small forward ever. You could argue he's the best wing defender ever. You could argue he's the best two-way player ever. You could argue he's the most complete player ever. I mean, he's not the score Jordan was. He was not a guy who would give you 25 shots a game, but he would score efficiently on 18 shots a game, and he could do everything at an elite level, which I think is a pretty special player. Uh, but he's always like a footloat. He's always, he's always part of Jordan's story, is I guess what I'm trying to say. His story on his own is great. It is a good story. Most complete player, I'll, I'll push back on that one because Jordan is a more complete player than Scottie Pippen. But if you're just specifically making it about a a, uh, a forward, small forward, yeah, you might have a case there. Yeah, you might have a case there. I feel like they're kind of like the yin and the yang. They're similar. 166, 167. Uh, they're both great athletes. They both can jump out of the gym. But their, their approaches to basketball were probably the exact opposite. Jordan's approach is... I can't trust. He was drafted to a terrible team. I can't trust my teammates. Let me turn this into a one-on-one -on -one game. Let me take all the shots. Kind of like Wilt. And like I don't think that's the best way to play basketball. You could argue it's what he had to do. But Scotty isn't that kind of player. Like even on the 94 team where he was playing with BJ Armstrong and Horace Grant, like he didn't all of a sudden start taking 25 shots a game. That's not how he plays. He's going to use all of his teammates and make it a five-on-five -five game. And that's what Bill Russell did. And I think that's the best way to play basketball. And I think that's why the Bulls didn't start winning until Scotty got there. Because you can play like, like Michael Jordan and put up 40, 37 a game in a season and also finish 40 and 42. We've seen it. Like 
we saw Russell Westbrook average a triple-double three years in a row, but that doesn't make him the best player in the league. I, 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 there's something about Scotty who could dominate a game without scoring a point that I find so intriguing, and I love players like that. You know, a guy who can literally go shoot ten, six shots in a game and take over. Jordan wasn't that guy, although he probably could have been that guy. It's just not how we play basketball. I think, you know, Scotty is definitely a big part of Jordan's success. But I don't, you know, no championships without for, for Scotty without Jordan. Right? Ditto so, for Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Scotty's great, man. I think Jordan helped him a lot, right? They won three for championships sure. in a row. They were a good fit together, right? Because Scotty yeah. didn't want to be a volume shooter so jordan hey go ahead take all the shots no one's yeah, yeah go ahead yeah, yeah i mean they won three finals in a row with jordan jordan retired for like basically two years they didn't win a championship came back mm -hmm. they won three championships in a row so scotty was great yeah but he can we talk about that that period though because i was been doing a lot of research on it. it's very interesting mm -hmm. so they went three in a row jordan retires that last year they won 57 games with jordan jordan retires they bring in ku coach and steve kerr mm -hmm. nice combo off yeah. the bench, it went 55 games. Pippen, third in the MVP voting, number one voting in uh, All-NBA first team that year, and uh, All-Star MVP. So mm -hmm. big coming out year for Pippen as the leader of that team. They win yeah. in the first round of the playoffs. They, go to, they, they play the Knicks in the second round of the playoffs, losing seven. Knicks go on to the finals and losing seven to the Rockets. So they were right there. And there's like a very controversial call at the end of game five on Scottie Pippen. He was called for fouling a guy after the shot. Anyway, I... I I'm not saying they got screwed, but some people say they got screwed. It was very close for them that year. It's not like they sucked. So then the next year, they lose Horace Grant. They're not quite as good. Jordan comes back. They get eliminated by Shaq. They go out and get Rodman. All of a sudden, they're off again. Rodman was a very important piece of that team. But mm -hmm. that 94 team, what they accomplished without Jordan, no, I didn't even know what happened. I had no idea that Scottie Pippen and the Bulls did that until, because I was like five, six at the time. I'm like, Damn, no one talks about this. Be, honestly, if, if Pippen had gone to the, the finals that year, if he hadn't got called for that, that foul, if they had somehow beaten the, the Rockets, which was feasible, um, what would his legacy be and what would Jordan's legacy be? That's kind of interesting. Would have been a lot different. But we don't live I, in that world. So that was a season that I, you know, I probably watched 80% of the games that year. Like I remember, I, I'm 43 years, what, 35? Mm -hmm. 30. Yeah. So I was eight. Well, years. I'm 35. Yeah. 35. Yeah. So I was eight years old. In 94, I was like a freshman or an eighth uh -huh. grader. So there I was really into it, watching all that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Scotty's legit, man. I'm not trying to take away from Scotty at all. I just, uh, he's just like, you could argue he was the best player in the league that one year, 94. Him or Hakeem? Hakeem. I would Hakeem? Hakeem. Okay. Was, okay. Man, Hakeem was. But you could argue he was the second best player in the league that year. Yeah. Yeah. I think Hakeem, yeah. like in my lifetime, Hakeem is right behind Shaq. And there's things that you could argue that he's better at than Shaq, right? Like he's You could argue he's not gonna the best just, player of all time. Yeah. If you want to be a real troll, you could really make the case that Hakeem Olajuwon is the greatest player of all time. I mean, he was on some – the Rockets are a pretty bad organization, but yeah. they always won with him on the team. I mean, he never played with like – he played with Clyde and won a championship with him, but he also won a championship on a team that had zero all-stars on it. Who the hell does that? Yeah. Who the hell does that? Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, Hakeem, that out. Hakeem was Hakeem phenomenal. Was he could also make a free throw, which puts him above Shaq. And he regard. punked Shaq in the yeah. playoff in the in the finals, and yeah. like, yeah, Shaq was young, but like, Shaq was a man child. Like, it's not like he was he was Shaq at twenty 
1995, he was averaging 29 and 13. I mean, he was a load. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he got better. I mean, maybe he did. Yeah. He got savvier. Shaq was a, is an example of domination, physical domination. That kind of what LeBron reminds me of, to be honest with you. That, that, LeBron's kind of like Shaq in that regard because yeah. he's just physically dominant and athletic. And that's, that's the main asset, his longevity and his physical dominance for LeBron James. Also, I feel like he's the greatest driver of all time in the sense that he's basically built like Carl Malone and he can drive right and left and finish right and left. He's so like so hard to keep out of the lane without a hand check, all of that. Um, but also in this his era, like there haven't been there's like no Dikembe Mutombo, no David Robinson, no Hakeem, yeah. right? So yeah. uh, like he lost twice to Duncan in the finals. Duncan's kind of that guy who could at least contest a shot at the at the rim. So part of it is that he got to just drive the hoop on wide open lanes his whole career. Mm-hmm. All that being said, I want to minimize what LeBron did. I was looking at his impact, like just impact on winning. He he comes to a team, all of a sudden they they improve by like 30 wins. He leaves a the team, they lose by like they, they get worse by like 40 wins. That's that's tangible. I don't really care what you want to say about a guy. That's tangible. Here's the thing: LeBron is like a big monster, and he's monster. fast and he's athletic. Like the only guys and he's unselfish size wise are like centers, but they can't move like that. So like he's just yeah. he just dominates, man. He's great. I would he might be the best power forward of all time. Although I, I think of him as a power forward. I guess that's why I would consider Scotty the best small forward of all time. You could say Durant was a better small forward than Scotty, but I'll take Scotty's defense over Durant's shooting. Yeah, like from a small forward to me, like you gotta you're supposed to be the best perimeter defender on the team like i think offense is a little secondary to defense when i think of a, the ideal platonic small forward so larry bird yeah great offensive player durant great offensive player but i'll take the greatest wing defender ever who also was a point forward essentially and could, yeah. and could give you 22 20 22 points a night like that's that's what i want from a small forward right there yeah scotty's legit yeah. man like really yeah. no flaws in his game he wasn't as like shifty as like you know like he wasn't. Yeah, he's more Trey Lance than Brock Purdy. You know what I'm saying? Like he, yeah. he doesn't yeah. have the, the short area. He wasn't like people. crossing people over off yeah. the dribble. No, yeah. but, he's just but he was a good ball. ball handler. He could he could lead the break. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. like Scotty, man. Scotty, yeah. Scotty. Yeah. If you put if you were going to rank the greatest players of the '90s, I think he's got to be top five. You could argue he's top three. You could argue it's him and Jordan and Hakeem as the three best players of the '90s. That's tough, man. That's a really tough. I'd have to think about that more. Definitely yeah. at his position, he'd be up there for sure. Yeah, he would. Yeah. I mean, you also got Carl Malone, but I feel like Carl Malone's a guy whose whose game would not translate to today's game. Scotty's would. You know the most boring Scotty's players that I remember, like the the most boring players I've ever watched, but they're great. Carl uh, Malone, super boring, great great <laughs> player, Hall of Famer, hella boring. Tim Duncan. Extremely boring, really a phenomenal player, one of the best of all time. But they're just their game is just so vanilla. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love Tim Duncan's game. It was so fundamental. He was so great on defense. He's one of the greatest players of all time. I mean, he is. he's I one of the, like watching. How many big men were legitimately better than Tim Duncan all time? Hakeem probably because I feel like Hakeem could do everything Duncan could do at us, and he was a little bit bigger. Duncan but in terms was of just, essentially a forward, though, right? He's basically a power forward. He's a six yeah. eleven. I mean, in today's and 
in today's NBA, where you play one big, I think of him as a center. Because like, in today's NBA, like every power forward has to shoot three. You can't, you can't be a power forward and not shoot threes today. So, I mean, I think. I, I look at him as a power I forward. I, I, look okay. at him as, I look at him as top two or three power forwards of all time. I just <laughs> didn't like watching him. Really boring. I liked watching. I loved watching the Spurs. I loved watching Manu. I thought he was ahead of his time. He was a lot of fun. He could Manu, shoot. I think Manu Ginobili is like the most has the highest winning percentage in NBA history, right? That's, I, I always bring that up when people argued Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the best quarterbacks because he wins. Well, I'm like, well, Manu Ginobili has the highest winning percentage in NBA history. Does that mean he's the best? You know, so interesting. I liked Manu Ginobili was great. Oh, the other thing I was before I get off Scottie Pippen. I, this was all day yesterday, and then when I got deep down the, the the rabbit hole, I started looking at a Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc, yeah, was came to the to the Bulls at like twenty five, and apparently he was a legend younger when he was, you know, playing overseas. But man, like he had a he was six ten, he could shoot threes. He was like way ahead of his time. He had yeah, like he a, a step back three, like Dirk. He had like a Euro step before Euro steps, like. That's a guy in today's NBA be shooting 10 threes a game, starting. like t- That guy was a lot of fun. Watch Tony Kukoc highlights. They're a lot of fun. Big part of that dynasty. Hell yeah. Yeah. And again, it's interesting. Like Jordan, volume shooting, really imp- really good. But you take him off the team and you replace him with some some dead-eye shooters and Kukoc and Kerr, all of a sudden, you're, you're still, still winning. You're still good. You're still good. Hey, you know. There's a theory out there that the NBA didn't want Pippen to win that ring because it'd be tough on Jordan's legacy. Do you understand how much the NBA profited off of Jordan? This is the way I looked at it. The NBA was nothing in the 70s. Then they became a thing off the, the Bird-Magic rivalry. That, that made them marquee. Then that was done, and it was time to go to the 90s, and it was Jordan, but there was no one to pit him against. Yeah. So the whole thing was Jordan's the greatest player of all time. Jordan's got on a basketball court. Let's all watch greatness. Let's all watch him add to his resume. So it was more about him than the Bulls. And when it got to the play to the finals, the whole country was rooting for Jordan to be the best. And it was like, screw the Sonics, or screw these. It's like it was all about Jordan and his legacy. And I feel like the league profited off of that. It, it was in their interest for Jordan to win. They profit off all the superstars, but if you – here's the thing. You take away all the teammates, you take away all the championships, everything, and you just watch the player play basketball. He's the one-on-one? greatest of all time. Greatest one-on-one? Of all time. One-on-one? That? I would have to say so. One-on-one? I mean, what he would do, I could see it. Although, yeah, Kevin Durant's pretty – like, who would win one-on-one? Kevin Durant against Michael Jordan. In their primes, in their primes, I'm going Jordan because of defense. I mean, it's just hard to – but yeah, one on one. That's my point, I guess. The greatest one on one player of all time, probably Jordan. Um, but that's what makes him the go. All of his one on one greatness didn't lead to team success. Uh, Scottie Pippen always had team success, even though he was not a great one on one offensive player. The great greatest one on who been fun is another thing about Jordan that was lucky for him in the nineties. He didn't have to play against Scottie Pippen. The one guy in the NBA who might have been able to hold him in check was on his freaking team, guarding Magic Johnson in the finals, and then freaking Charles Barkley the next year. So that was fortuitous. Mm. And the one time he would have faced Hakeem in the finals, he was playing, well, he lost to Shaq, and then he didn't make it. Or he was playing basketball. 
You just said, though, the best one-on-one player of all time is Michael Jordan. And to me, that one-on-one. makes you that makes you the greatest player of all time. See, that's, I think, the crux of the argument. And right we found it. To me, it's a five-on-five game. And that's why Bill Russell has a legit argument to be the GOAT. Because, no, he wasn't as good as a one-on-one player as maybe Wilt, but he beat Wilt every freaking time. And there's a reason for that. And it wasn't just he was on a better team than Wilt. He made the team. Of all time. Defense. So anyway, anyway, yeah. but you yeah. can have this argument for till the end of time. It's fun to yeah. engage in, but only in May and June. In July, it's over. In August, it's football time. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Michael McCann says, I can't see a scenario where the coach's quiet confidence could possibly not hurt a young quarterback who is taking so much heat for things out of his control. Well, you don't know what kind of dialogue Kyle and Trey are having behind the scenes, do you? Do we? We don't. I think they're not closer than people think. I've been saying it, and I... I keep being right about it, Grant. I keep being right about it. So I agree with you. I think they, I I don't even think it's that hidden. Right. I think it's pretty out there. Look at what he said. Look at the words that come out of his mouth. It's been all been good. Keneal says, Grant and Ryan, I'm ready to talk hoops. Let me know. Oh, yeah, man. We got to have a call in show where we just talk hoops. Yeah. Lakers fan, too. Should I Photoshop a Jimmy Ginobili pick? LOL. (laughs) Yes. I don't like equating Jimmy and Ginobili. Like Ginobili was really good in the playoffs. Yeah. Ginobili's a champion. Yeah, he is. He is. I, I was just because you know I was like, oh, Jimmy's a winner. Jimmy's a winner. No, I feel you. I feel you. No, I'm I feel like, you. okay, I well, feel you. Ginobili. Jimmy's like Donovan Mitchell. Jimmy. Yeah. He's, like yeah, he could be. I mean, he could be the point guard on your team, and you could go to the playoffs, but you're not going anywhere in the playoffs. <laughs> but be excited about whatever numbers he puts up. Also, keep speaking that truth about MJ Grant. <laughs> Here's the thing that that makes me that, that why I do it, because I feel like grown men who believe that Michael Jordan that really like Michael Jordan, it's like a worldview for them. And if you say that he's not the greatest player of all time, it's almost like telling a child that Santa doesn't exist. And here's if you're a nine year old watching the show, Santa does exist, of course. Here, but you know what I'm saying? Like some people can't handle that. They're like, no, no. I have to argue all day on Twitter with a stranger. It's like, I got to set you straight. It's like, nah, man, you got to go enjoy this day. It's really nice outside. Here's the thing, Grant. I don't have many childhood heroes. I didn't have many childhood heroes. Michael Jordan is one of them. There you go. He's a childhood hero. Okay, I skipped a super chat. My bad. I'm going back to find it. I'm going, going back, back to find it, find it. Oh, he's mad. Way back. Battle. Oh, here we go. Ice Spice looks ain't mid but her bars are trash see i feel like with her i don't know who ice spice is but it seems like she's the next um who's the rapper that was really famous for that song wap who's her name what's her name what's her name what's her name Nicki minaj no the one the other uh new york rapper cardi girl b. who kind of replaced Nicki minaj cardi b cardi yeah her See, with Cardi, I always felt like Cardi's more like a personality than a rapper. You know what I mean? She's like on Instagram and she's funny and she's got a, a kind of personality. But like, does, does she have a song? Maybe one. They're all. That mean that you would listen to. Nicki Minaj knockoff. was a rapper. They're all knockoff little Kims, Grant. Can we be? That's honest? well. That's true. No, no, no. Yeah, it's true. But Nicki Minaj like got her name like freestyling, and not that I'm a big Nicki Minaj fan, but like. She came up before social media. She kind of had to grind on the. Really good. Yeah, I, she I had to do it the old school way in New York, where you were like in ciphers and you were in mixtapes and stuff. Like, yeah. I think Ice Spice and and what was the other one's name again? I keep forgetting. Cardi, Cardi uh, 
they're, they're social media um cardi b doesn't write her own stuff from, from yeah, they're influencers yeah she doesn't so, write her own cool. stuff nikki does nikki's way better than both of them yeah I, yeah i'm yeah. i'm a foxy brown guy that's just me foxy i yeah. do love little kim though little kim's yeah, great foxy brown. yeah foxy brown Foxy Brown, last one, then we're out. Robert Tolbert says, as one of the best reporters in NorCal, you should cover the Kings next season. Fair. That team's not going anywhere. Uh, I really like what Mike Brown's doing with that team. I love how much they run. I like an up. I like a team that runs. Run TMC. They need to like upgrade to bonus if they want to go far. <sighs> he was an upgrade over what they had, but yeah, he's a stepping stone, right? Yeah. He's a stepping stone. Yeah. You're not, yeah, I agree. Um, I actually kind of feel you need to upgrade I feel like Fox is a stepping stone too. I like Fox. Sorry. I like Fox. I like I like everyone they got there. I like the coach. Sabonis, though, if 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 I've seen people Fox was be, so bad in game seven, dude. What but here's the, the thing. I've seen people was not be guard. He had a broken finger. I don't know if that plays into it, but I've seen people not guard players at the three-point line. But if you're not being guarded at the 18, 18 feet away, yeah. if you're not being guarded, that is crazy. You gotta fix that. Yeah, I mean, Looney isn't really guarded from there, but like Looney isn't the, like the core of the, the Warriors team. And Looney kicked Sabonis' ass in this series. Looney Whooped his ass. 18 footers, though. Like, if he wanted to shoot him. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, there was one more point I wanted to make before we left. Uh, maybe not. Kings. He was no, uh, Keegan Murray is a keeper on that team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keegan Murray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keeper. That guy's legit. He's going to be an all star for them. Really like him. And yeah. I, what I didn't like is I felt like. In that series, you had Sabonis, Monk, and Fox fighting for the ball, taking all the shots, and Murray just kind of standing at the three-point line. They, they weren't running plays for him, and Monk it's like, all right, too. if you want to freeze out your best shooter, you're just doing the words a favor. Like, that guy is deadly. Yeah. And Monk is solid, six, eight. Yeah, Yeah, he's solid. He's, he's, better than, uh, he's better than Jordan Poole. Is Jordan Poole going to get it together today? No. No. They're going <laughs> to play him less. On the road in LA? No. They're gonna play them less, but I and I think that's part of how they're able to win today. Can they play Dante DiVincenzo less? Man, that guy he does so much and so little at the same time. He's always running around. He has the ball. He does nothing with any with with what he with his touches. He gets to the he gets to the rim and then like passes it when he's like two inches away from the rim. It's like Yeah. He's a phenomenal rebounder for his size. I like his defense. I like his hustle, but I, he's been passing up shots lately. I don't know what it is. In the season, regular season, I really like Dante. I still do. I like his hustle. I like his effort, but he's passing up shots. I don't know why. I don't know why either. Anyway, game starts tonight. It'll be at what, 7 o'clock? 5.30? 7? 5.30? I don't know. I don't know. I'll be back at 3 o'clock with Larry Kruger. What are you doing the rest of the day? I'm I'm chilling. I'm working. Make sure you guys come chilling. subscribe to my channel if you don't mind. But I have a show Do tomorrow that. at 10 a.m. Yep. Do that. And um, yeah, have a good day and come back at three o'clock. See you guys in. Seven o'clock. Game time tonight. There we go.